What's good, it's Darius. What's up, Ms. Matt? Yo, it's Josh. And you are now tuned in to the Dominate the Decade podcast. Let's go. I'm trapped in. I'm trapped in, I know it. Hey, I know I'm trapped. I'm trapped. I'm trapped. I know I'm trapped. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look. I heard my nigga talking about me. Whisper getting close. Uh, nigga, same breaking bread. I don't even know you. Yo, fellas, what's good? How y'all doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. Can't complain. How about you, bro? Hey, like this, like the old folks say, it's another day above ground. It's got to be a good day. So. <laughs> That's a fact. What about you, Matt? How you doing, man? Doing excellent. Another Sunday. Uh, I've been up since like five, six o'clock this morning, so I've just been pushing it at it since then, but a good Sunday nonetheless. Sheesh, what you doing up that early, bro? Woke up, dishes wasn't washed. Y'all know how that goes. I fell asleep on them. Nothing worse than waking up in the morning and going out there with a whole bunch of dishes, so I mean, let me just go ahead and knock these joints out, but so... But since then, I just ain't been back to sleep yet. So plenty and plenty of fun. Darius, why are you in the car for this episode? Yeah, so (laughs) this is another episode of the Dominate the Decade podcast from my car. Uh, So my grandma, diehard Steelers fan, biggest Steelers fan I know, uh, they're playing the Cowboys right now. So there's like no peace in my house. Like any time anybody does anything, she's like screaming. So I'm like, yeah. We can't do this. Can't have you screaming in the background of the pod. So I'm outside <laughs> in my oh. car. No air conditioning. <laughs> Yo, hey, why is it that black people's favorite teams are always either the Steelers or the Cowboys? Why is that the case? <laughs> I was just telling somebody the other day, it's like those two are also the most hated. It's like anytime you see somebody come in the store with that Steelers hat on or the Cowboys hat on, they're going to dap each other up if they see one another. And everybody else is like, I go the whole different aisle. I don't even see them. So and it's always funny, like whenever somebody's grandmother or mother is a really big fan, because they really go for them teams. And so they're like, yeah. you want to leave my house if you don't want to cheer for them? What you going to do? So that's always fun to see. And it's always people with no ties to Dallas or Pittsburgh, <laughs> like the cities either. Like, I don't know why you're a fan. <laughs> The biggest rappers. <laughs> most likely probably never, no, no offense to any of these fans, most likely probably never really been to the city or whatnot, but okay. hey, we got to get a sweepstakes going. We're going to get your grandmother some tickets to the Steelers games on Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Hopefully though, hopefully in the future. Y'all, but yeah, so y'all, we have a new president. I'm sure y'all are super excited about that. Uh, Darius, what are your thoughts? Honestly? I, so I knew that the election could have gone either way, obviously, but I really did not expect him to pull this one through, if I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> like, I knew that it was a strong chance, but I, I was very weary of, you know, doubting Trump's base again. So I was like, you know what, let me just go on with absolutely no expectations, uh, Granted, I will also say that I wasn't expecting to have to wait almost a week to find out who the new president was. But, uh, yeah, he pulled it through somehow, some way. Shout out to Pennsylvania, Georgia, uh, Arizona, Nevada, specifically black women in those states. Uh, shout out to y'all. So, yeah, pulled it through. Facts, facts. And hey, you said, uh, what are your guys' thoughts, man? There's so many thoughts to get out uh, just by the sheer amount of time that that thing took. Like... 
started on Tuesday and it was all the way until Friday, Saturday morning till we got a, uh, till we got a notification of who won the election. But yeah, it's uh, an exciting time for the future. Um, hopefully the, the plans that are put into place are actually implemented and excited about the future of this country. Yo, I was thinking the other day, it's like, okay. So and I actually put out a tweet about this. It's like, y'all, so we've been riding hard for Biden, even though some of us necessarily don't really like him, lesser two evils, whatever have you. But it's like, he's in there. But it's like, all right, so now it's a punch of potential. We rode for you. Now it's your time to ride for us. We got I really wish, I'm, obviously, I don't have a list of things, but hopefully the people of power, the Killer Mike's, Lamar Johnson, have their list of things that we need done to accomplish for the Black community specifically. It's like, all right, time to get to work. And we gave you a day to celebrate. I always hear Dabo Sweeney used to say this thing. It's like, we're going to celebrate tonight, but tomorrow we're going to get to work and get ready for next week. And so I, I'm giving Joe the weekend. And I guess technically Trump got to get out of, you know, got to get out the building and then they got to come in. But soon it's going to be time for him to get to work. So I'm hoping that he accomplishes some of the things that uh, he says he will do. And they are plans and not just promises. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. To that point, I think he even said like, hey, uh, he tweeted rather um, something to the effect of, you know, the black community, like, you know, has had my back from, you know, the Obama days. And now it's my time to have y'all. So. Hopefully he makes good on that. Um, I think with Ka uh, excuse me, Kamala, you know, right there with him as his vice president, that definitely gives him some more uh, credibility and some more push to actually get this stuff done. Um, yeah. I've actually, yeah. I might have seen, uh, my bad, Josh. I think I might have seen more posts, as a matter of fact, of Kamala uh, than of actual Biden. Everybody's posting it on social media because now we get the African-American HBCU grad as the vice president. So definitely very exciting, especially also for the AKs and all the other Greek stars. Yeah, with how uh, how much black supporters pulled up in this election, uh, I really feel like there needs to be something done uh, ASAP as soon as Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get into office. So we'll see how that shakes out, but uh, excited to see like what, the, what plans they have going forward and how they plan on implementing them. Yeah, that reminds me of my other point that I wanted to make. Um, I also hope that Joe Biden doesn't, and I know that you alluded to Killer Mike earlier, and I think he's kind of an uh, exception to what I'm about to say. <laughs> I really hope they don't just stick to the plan of, uh, okay, I'm going to meet with all these like Black actors and Black rappers, and then that's going to be my like key to getting in with the Black community, or like, you know, if I really want to know what's going on, I'm going to talk to them. I hope they actually talk to the organizers and the movers of like the actual movement itself. Like, you know, the Stacey Abrams people, the Stacey Abrams or Bakari Sellers or April Ryan or people like that who have been doing the work or like Angela Rye, like people who've been doing the work for years on top of years and even, you know, lesser known people than them uh, and not just doing the thing that's gonna get you the most publicity for the stuff that's actually gonna get stuff, you know, moving within the community. Generally who reaches out to who? Does Biden and his, the, them reach out to the political activists or, or the social activists or whatever, or do they reach out to him? From what I've seen, I think it's much, it's probably more the p politicians know that, you know, if they reach out to, and I'm going to use them as an example, a Kanye West, that's going to get like a little bit more traction as far as, you know, a media circus going than like a, uh, D-Ray McKesson, for example, if that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I, I think it's not even just 
uh, Joe Biden himself or even Kamala uh, reaching out to these people, but more so like uh, the people that are on his team and in the uh, in his cabinet, um, people that he designates to oversee different parts of the government uh, and some of these civil activities. So uh, we probably should be seeing some of that here in the near future. Hey, what did y'all to kind of break this down to for the listeners? I keep hearing a lot about there's a difference between decriminalizing and what's the other one? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Is it, as far as like drugs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Decriminalizing versus, uh, oh man, I'm not too sure. Escape, escape. Oh, this is going to beat me up if I don't get it. Decriminalizing versus, because the, the point I'm saying this is because you've noticed a lot of that's been happening over like the past, I would say week or so. It's been a lot of the decriminalization of such and such. I think Oregon yeah. is better. You got it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like legalized yeah. versus decriminalization. Yeah, yeah. Because Oregon did, did one for like all drugs or something like that, right? Yeah, they decriminalized. They didn't legalize. Yeah. Okay. And so what's the difference between two? So it's it, from what I understand, decriminalized, it's just like, it's not necessarily a crime anymore or like punishable by criminal, uh, criminal penalties, I guess, to, I guess, use these drugs. It kind of allows you to treat it more so as like a public health issue. Um, and that was a lot of people's uh, criticisms of having it be a criminal, like, uh, what is the, treating it like a crime, basically. And there's a word for it. I'm just blanking on what it is. But anyway, um, and it's because, you know, when you go to jail, you're not rehabilitated in any sense, uh, much less, you know, in an actual, like, you know, drug rehabilitation sort of way. Um, and then when you come out of jail, you usually like, well, I'm not gonna say usually, um, because of the way the criminal justice system is set up and because of the lack of mental health facilities that are available in, you know, these prisons and jails and whatnot, a lot of people end up, you know, having, you know, mental health crises and stuff like that. And so they come out and then they, you, if they don't come out and go back on drugs, uh, that's honestly a miracle. So decriminalizing it helps you to treat it as an actual public health issue, get people the help that they need versus legalizing it, which just makes it, perfectly okay to use it if that makes sense but it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with how you actually treat the issue itself if that makes sense yeah and, and then on top of that there's also a retroactive aspect to it as well or there can be uh, if that's written into the laws where uh if you have gotten uh caught for let's say possessing marijuana or some of these other drugs that were um, now decriminalizing or a place like Oregon. And um, there were some in Washington, I believe too. Um, your record can get expunged and that may not be on your, your permanent record anymore. So that's a, a really big thing for some criminals that may have gotten uh, some people, not criminals, people that uh, may have gotten locked up because of different things that they were doing with uh, drugs that are now decriminalized. <laughs> Okay, so that makes sense. So a lot of that going on the past couple of days, among many other things. Do y'all know when the inauguration is going to be? I think it's always on uh, January twentieth. Right? Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere. Around there. I remember. I remember that date. Number one, because that's my that's my friend Nick's birthday. But two, uh, Obama was inaugurated on that day, and I remember it being a big deal because it was uh, Martin Luther King Day too. Yep. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. So how long, do y'all have any idea how long it is to actually switch over it actually happens? Where it was like uh, Trump and all his good people get on out of there and then 
like Biden and them move in. I think it's that day. Really? Well, I don't exactly what day the move in happens. I think, but like on January 20th, it literally does switch from like, okay, Trump to Biden. I think they move into the White House that day. Okay. Um, I'm blanking on that whole because full disclosure i really wasn't trying to pay a whole lot of attention in 2016 uh was really trying to think other thoughts uh so yeah i think it happens that day though okay gotcha it's funny because wis has been covering obviously all in all the different cities and stuff you see the celebrations seeing atlanta's been going up a lot of other places been going up as well so obviously a lot of people out and about and very excited about the switch over yeah, and I've seen a lot of that, which raises two things to uh, my attention. Number one, it's like, what's the big celebration about? Like, I, I get that Biden has won, but it's like, is there really something to like hugely celebrate about? And Matt, we had this conversation where it's like, we should judge uh, people and particularly presidents by their four years in office, like uh, looking back, not looking forward. So. That's the first question that that raises. And two, what happened to the whole pandemic thing? Because it's like, there were all these different uh, rallies and celebrations going down and it's all on the news, but I haven't heard anything about the pandemic. So I'm just wondering what happened. Yo, I keep saying that whenever they look back at the history books of this year, or you know, you have your grandchildren, whatever have you, they're gonna be like, wait, so in that year, Y'all had a pandemic going on, but y'all were going out and celebrating and then this, that, and third. Was that the same year? Like, this isn't making sense to me. Even, yeah. we're gonna, I'm going to switch gears here real quick. We'll come back. Even if y'all are watching the Clemson-Notre Dame game yesterday, Notre yeah. Dame stormed the field after the game. And literally, Notre Dame has had some games canceled. It's like, wait, hold on. The COVID is for real still going on right now. So, yeah, that's crazy. And, Josh, I agree with you. I think I heard the best. Somebody says only history will really be able to tell the story, but that's extremely yeah. – um, present with when it comes to presidents and stuff like that. So it's like, I guess as that, what was the guy that we saw on the, the black guy on the news yeah. station that was crying? What was his name? Dan Jones. Oh, man, man Jones. <laughs> Dr. Umar made this post and it was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, Umar is going crazy. But anyway, he was like, it's easier to raise kids in America and this, that, and the third. But I, it, to me, nothing really changes too much. Uh, what's very, and I, I don't want to keep, I don't mean to keep switching gears. Was very surprised that Lindsey Graham won, but uh, it's the same old America that it was yesterday. And the mirror has just been, I mean, the person leading has just changed, but the, you have seen because of the mirror, it's like these are the people who still live in this country. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't even, I think it goes back to the name of that one episode that we had. Uh, disappointed, but not surprised. I, I'm not surprised that he won. Um, I am surprised, though, that Jamie Harrison put in all this money um, into his election campaign. I think it was like 57 million in ad uh, money. So that, that's a whole lot, too. Um, and now he didn't win. And it's like, man, that was looking back at it, a waste of money. But man, I was really expecting it to be closer than it actually was. Um, but yeah, good old Lindsey Graham won it again. So that's a staple in South Carolina history. Ooh, don't even get me started. Y'all know my feelings on Lindsey Graham. So, but um, yeah, like uh, to go back to your other point, Josh, about uh, why people are celebrating. I, from what I've been able to tell, I don't think it's so much that Biden won. <laughs> I, people are celebrating Trump losing. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's setting this up, which 
and again to your other point COVID is still very much a thing like people are people are still dying but but yeah you wouldn't be able to tell it by the way people are out in the streets but I mean people also were like were never in the house really yeah uh, yeah <laughs> since last <laughs> week last week was uh Halloween people were jumping out for Halloween oh for sure yeah a lot of people that uh and I'm not going to say any names, not going to point any fingers. Well, none of y'all, no one on the podcast currently, <laughs> but I did notice some people who were on my Twitter timeline, uh, shading people for going out to, you know, tailgates and stuff at the beginning of COVID whatnot, were suddenly throwing these Halloween kickbacks. Yeah. Uh, but there's neither here nor there, uh, pot calling kettle black, but whatever. Hey, the mask, the Halloween mask was supposed to be the mask and they were just kind of going like that. <laughs> so I, I guess that I guess that w- what was going on, but yeah, because Halloween was just like a couple weeks ago. Wow, the time really be flying now. Yeah, one of the most surprising things from the election that I thought was uh, Georgia turning blue. I don't know if those official numbers are all the way in yet, um, but it lo- it's looking like Biden's going to take that one. Um, and that one's really interesting because if you looked at the map, it's literally all the southern states in red, and then Georgia being blue and it's like Georgia has kind of some of the same history that South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi has, but you see that they're slowly but surely becoming more and more progressive. And actually that's becoming a trend uh, across the nation. So that makes you wonder what's going on in Georgia that isn't going on in places like South Carolina, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, North Carolina even. What did North Carolina end up being blue or was there? I think that was a close one too. So yeah, scratch North Carolina from that list. I think you can put them in the list of uh, with Georgia in terms of like advancingly progressive too. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, there's what do you think? Um, uh, I was gonna say I took a Southern politics class. I think it was was it last fall semester? Um, and there are several like, like Josh was saying. There are several states. Um, that have been, you know, very conservative in the past that are starting to shift more so uh, to the left. Like Virginia is another one. Uh, well, Virginia is pretty consistently uh, Democratic at this point. I mean, it still does have its leanings depending on where you look. Uh, but I mean, that was a pretty easy dub for Biden this time. Uh, Georgia, it, and again, when you look down in like the different counties and like where a lot of those like Democratic votes came from, yeah. It's a lot of like one cities to cities with much higher like black populations like Atlanta, Augusta, uh, Savannah, Macon, places like those. Um, and you probably see that same trend in other states as well. So like where you have uh, higher urban areas, then like that's where like a lot of your Democratic votes are going to come from. And then it just depends on how many people are in those areas, too. So like even uh, what is it? Pennsylvania. Uh that Biden really got those votes mostly because of Philadelphia, not really so much everywhere else, but there's just so many people in Philadelphia that it, you know, outweighed the opposition. So y'all think we'll live to see the day where South Carolina's a blue. <laughs> oh man. Honestly, I feel like we won't know, or we will start to see the signs of that whenever we start getting some of the things like, Georgia has gotten in the past decade to 20 years like Atlanta has become this big metropolitan city um, over the last 20 ish years obviously it's been like a a big city for a while but over the past 20 years it's like exploded 
Um, then in North Carolina, you see Charlotte and how big that's, uh, that's becoming and how progressive that's becoming. I feel like South Carolina is slowly trending economically upwards. So, and oftentimes that correlates with like being progressive too. So I feel like we're slowly, slowly getting there, but it might be a, a long, long time before we actually see it turn another color. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. I think, I think it's possible. Cause I mean, if you look at, I mean, even though he lost Jamie Harrison, definitely gave Lindsay a run for his money in like a very red state. So I think we'll definitely see it eventually. Um, because like kind of jo like Josh was saying, I think cities like Greenville are like, you know, on the rise, yeah. you know, a lot of people are into that area. But then the also the other thing that I'm worried about too is like with the amounts of like gentrification going on in places like Charleston that are pushing black people to like move other places, then like how does that affect things too? Um, so I definitely think it's possible, but um, yeah, only time will tell really. Yeah, and, and I also think that it goes more to um, just the, the direction that politics is moving in in general. Like you're seeing a lot more um, liberal and progressive thinking on both sides um, where there's people that might've been super, super conservative. There's now people that are Republicans that are thinking more so into the center. So. I feel like the closer that we get to um, these center ideas or at least ideas that cover um, basis for both parties and people that affiliate, whether they be conservative or liberal, then you'll slowly start to see this, uh, this political machine like turning into something else and kind of like going more so to the liberal side. All right, and also, I guess I would like to kind of bring up the topic. So obviously a presidential election kind of changes a lot of things, including the stock market. And and as a matter of fact, I've kind of realized it's kind of a hack. It's like, okay, during, whenever you're listening to the different policies each candidate want, is I kind of see like which ones that could relate to the stock market would be, that, that could be affected and kind of take notice though, maybe create a list of stocks that you might could see like surging up. One of the ones that I thought of was uh, legal marijuana because it seems like that's what um, they're trying to, to legalize in a lot of places whether it be recreational or for medicine and stuff like that. And so I was able to find a couple uh, just searching around the internet and then one of them ended up jumping like 60%. So my pockets was happy. Uh, Josh, you got any other advice that you would say about that? Yeah, not any advice, but I was watching it pretty closely over the past month um just seeing like what was happening and two weeks before the election there was actually a huge a huge downturn in the market um but it was surprising the monday before the election it started going up and then all throughout the week whenever uh the results weren't even in yet it was still going up and up and there was it was just a big week last week so i think that uh is attributed to um, Biden being projected uh, the winner and eventually winning and some of the plans that he has for healthcare, um, energy and all these different uh, sectors. So yeah, I feel like there's a lot to look at in the future. Um, and one of the things I was listening to a podcast, uh, they were saying nothing changes um, in terms of money, like the money is still getting spent. The only difference is where it's gonna go. So. Uh, if you're following that money and where it's going to go and where it's being put, then it's probably your best bet uh, to follow some of those stocks that reflect the sectors that Biden, the Biden administration, I should say, um, is preparing to 
put some money into. Currency is always flowing. Always. Um, I would say the biggest takeaway from this election, um, and maybe maybe not takeaway, but the thing that makes me the happiest is finally I feel like my grandma can stop getting mad at the TV all the time. <laughs> she called me on uh, on Saturday. I said, "Hey, how you doing, Grandma?" She said, "I am doing great." <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> I'm so glad that you no longer have to feel stressed about things that you can't control. So big shout out to uh, Grandma Janie Bell out there. Okay, with you saying that, Josh, I think a great extra is going to be some gospel music. I, I always felt like I was like, now that this election is over, and then it went the way that most people, black people, really wanted it to go. It's like this would be a good Sunday for some gospel music to kind of you know drown it all out, cleanse it all out. Yeah. So, what are some things that you guys um, would like to see happen over the next four years under the Biden Harris administration? I say the financial empowerment of the community. It seems like mm -hmm. that is the thing that almost got a lot of people to jump ship towards Trump's camp or whatnot. And the, obviously Trump didn't win, which is what you know, most people are very happy about. But it's like, yo, I still want that though. It's like, I want that platinum plan. I know you didn't promise it. And I know you're not gonna deliver all of that, but it's like, I want some sort of that from you. So I think that'd be nice to see. Yeah, what about you, yeah. Eric? Oh, my bad. Um, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Uh, I definitely wanna see him do something along those lines. I would say in the first hundred days, um, I would also like to see him uh, keep his promise of, you know, doing the whole student debt wiping thing. That would be great. Fantastic. Uh -oh. What do you say? What do you say about that? Um, so, yeah, for, ooh, don't make a lie out of me. I think he's wiping up to, was it up to 10000 I think I saw 20000 20? No, it's 50000 <laughs> hey, hey, Matt, hey, I heard a hundred thousand. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like he's doing it for students who went to public two and four year institutions, um, also including HBCUs and MSIs, which are uh, multicultural serving institutions, I think, or minority serving institutions, rather. Mm -hmm. um, Say so he's doing that. So I definitely want him to. to keep going with that definitely would like to see some criminal justice reform and i think that, that would be super important given that biden and kamala have not so great records when it comes to criminal justice so if they could like you know capitalize on their new positions and the new authority to like you know kind of rectify a lot of stuff i think that would be smart something i would love to see something i'll be excited for yeah no i, I definitely feel like those are all some good ones um, specifically, I mean, relating to us three, like that student loan forgiveness would definitely be a big help. And I know not even just for us, but for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things that people were most excited about were uh, the healthcare things that were coming with it, uh, maybe free healthcare coming in the future, how that is going to get funded, that will be determined. Um, but yeah, healthcare is a big one. Um, I'm definitely for um, criminal justice reform, however they can fix that, um, and turning it more so into rehabilitation in some of these places instead of just punishment, um, looking at it in a different way. Um, and then I think me, like personally, I would just like to see more improvement um, and more of maybe some guardrails around tech and how it's going in the future um, and kind of supporting some entrepreneurs that are really leading that field. 
um, because I feel like that's only getting started. And that's one of those things where it's a global race, where there's all these different countries that are um, investing heavily into tech. And it's, it's like a race right now, whoever gets to um, some of these things like machine learning and autonomous driving, whoever gets to figure out uh, how the energy crisis and renewable energy and things like that. So hopefully we can get uh, back to leading those things and hopefully Biden is pumping some more money into industries like those. So yeah, those are things that I really look forward to. Um, I, I will throw in, and I know I'm going long here, but uh, legalization of marijuana and uh, having that becoming another base for taxation purposes and income, and then also uh, legalization of gambling in states over the next uh, four years. I feel like both of those will be huge tax drivers and revenue drivers in states. So yeah, I would love to see those get knocked out and adding some things to our country. I keep hearing a lot of people say that are in the legal uh, marijuana selling business, like, yo, Black people need to get involved in that now. Like, it's like, get involved in that right now on the ground level. It's a, therefore, we don't miss it because it's coming, definitely. John Sally, I think, it's, has owns a company or two. And they talk about how expensive it is and stuff like that. So you definitely got to put the work into it. But it's definitely going to be something large moving forward. And now when it comes to the tech thing, I think another thing is going to be also getting young Black kids, like, interested in it. I think yeah. a lot of times it's like, yeah, it's not football, it's not basketball, it's not entertainment. We move right by it. But it's like, no, this is the direction we're going. As a matter of fact, I think Amazon is trying to, within the next, they have a plan within a certain amount of years. One of my cousins was telling about the, uh, I think it's called the Amazon Effect, to go fully automated and stuff like that. I got to read the article on it. But anyway, so get involved with that now because that's the direction we're going into. So therefore, you're not on the back end of it and kind of just seeing it. And it's like, how did this happen? Yeah, and, and that's one of the things uh, that have happened in the last like 10-ish years, the, the boom of technology. And then you see all these different people in it. But it seems like the community that's been left out is the Black community. So um, doing some things to balance that out and close this digital divide that we have um, and maybe some funding goes directly to predominantly uh, Black schools in different uh, cities and locations, funding for uh, like trainings of these different, uh, these different programs. So different stuff like that uh, and getting our community involved in that will be a, a huge push for the future. Hey, I was talking to one of my little cousins one time, and I think this is why it's so important for like kids to see examples because he graduated from high school. I'm like, yo, so, you know, kind of, what do you want to do? He's like, I'm trying to get this money. Like, point blank, period. Like, I'm just trying to get this money. You show me the avenue to the money and I'm going to get it. So I think it's really cool if you have, like, tech people who are successful in life, maybe go out to these high schools, maybe pull up in a car that ain't nobody seen before. Not only just because to, to flex on them, but just to show, like, yo, there's a lot of money in this, too. For kids that are specifically, all they're trying to do is get to the money. Because, yeah. it, it, cause see, generally those kids see whether it's a drug dealer, whether it's uh, the rapper or something like that. It's like, that's what I want. But it's like, if you could see somebody in a different industry that there's plenty of jobs available with, as long as they're not trying to push a, uh, what was I going with that? I don't know where I was going to go, but yeah, we just need to see that going on. So we like to see. It's the same thing. I was at the Brook one time and the, the pastor said, <laughs> pastor ain't supposed to be broke. He's like, they're supposed to look successful. And so therefore, the other people want to be successful too. So I say it's the same thing. Yeah, uh, kind of to switch gears a little bit. Uh, I just thought of two things. One, abolishing the electoral college, something I think we just got to do. Um, 
because I mean that it just it just makes everything way more confusing than it needs to be um and it's just old and it's outdated it's it benefits no one except for uh traditionally Republican party but anyway I digress uh and then also we gotta we gotta get back to strengthening the voting rights act because uh, that honestly uh, would also make the next election run a lot smoother if we could, you know, make sure that people's right to vote was protected, regardless of, you know, all these different barriers people try to throw up. So what, when you say barriers, explain. So basically the problem with the Voting Rights Act right now is that there's, so there's this concept called preclearance where basically, um, if anyone wants to enact a new voting policy or whatever, it has to be proven that it doesn't disproportionately affect a particular group of people. That was in the initial Voting Rights Act, but it's not in like the newest version, uh, which is why John Lewis was, you know, trying to fight to like strengthen the Voting Rights Act. Why you hear a lot of people say that is just because that aspect of it isn't in there. So now basically states can just do whatever it is that they feel necessary to do. Um, as far as enacting new policies, but they don't have to prove that it doesn't disproportionately affect another group of people or a large group of people. So uh, while you hear a lot of talk about, you know, voting IDs and stuff like that, well, if you live in a predominantly urban area, you might not have a driver's license because you simply just don't need to drive. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a driver's license, you can't vote because you don't have an ID. So like stuff like that. Ooh. That's a good example. And thing, that's just one example. Uh, so. And then there's also the fact that, you know, when you're also looking at people in these large urban areas who probably don't have licenses because they don't have to drive, there's also just inherently going to be people of color who are more than likely also going to be Democrats. So, like, you see how that can just spiral into, like, the whole partisan back and forth type thing. So, yeah, we definitely need to get that the Voting Rights Act strengthened because uh, regardless of your party, regardless of your what side of the political spectrum you fall on, like the right to vote is just something that, you know, you have and it should be protected regardless of, like I said, where you fall on the spectrum. So I think that's something we definitely got to get, got to get done. All right. I didn't have anything anything else. Um, But I will say that over the next four years, I definitely am looking forward to how the media covers uh, the presidency and just how it ends up being in general. Um, I I feel like there were a lot of things that were concerning about the media over the last four years. Um, And even during this election, I know there was a lot of uh, hype coming up to the election, talking about uh, like Facebook and Twitter and some of these other social media platforms were going to kind of silence any misinformation or potential misinformation out there. And uh, come the day of the election, uh, Trump was tweeting and there were some tweets that were uh, blocked from view <laughs> by Twitter. And I, I definitely see the need for that and how uh, it could be looked at in the wrong way or it could be a bad thing. But that does have me a little weary about the power that some of these tech companies have and, uh, in, and their role in the media and the potential of censorship. Um, so yeah, that's something to look at going forward because I feel like while there may be things being done now um, and they're acceptable, they're also that also leaves the door open for those things to happen in the future. And uh, if we don't have a free uh, 
freedom of speech and freedom of press, then I feel like that's a, a very, very dangerous thing to get into in the future. I'm glad you said something about censorship because that obviously mass communication major. It's like, I feel like we've been learning about that a lot the past couple of years at school, but it's like, that's a prime example. Like they can cut this thing off. They can make, make it to where like the president or whoever uh, that might be tweeting out important information can like not be heard. It could be blocked out. And it's like, that is the vehicle that it gets out to the public at times. So that could be very dangerous. I was thinking also too, I know, um, Twitter's probably hating that old Trump ain't in office no more because, man, he was getting interactions out the yin-yang, I mean, within seconds of every time he posted it. So now they're, like, probably sitting around a boardroom, whatever state they're in, like, so what are we going to do now, fellas? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's next? That's a fact. Not even just for uh, Twitter and Instagram, but honestly, journalism in general, like Fox News, uh, CNN, they're not going to have stories to talk about every day now that Trump's not in office. These last four years, whether you like Trump or not, he got a lot of people money based off of the level of uh, talking and topics that he was able to bring up. So, yeah, these uh, these news companies might be in for a little bit of trouble with uh, Joe Biden. In there. I don't think he's going to be doing anything too, too reckless um, that they're going to have to cover around the clock. So I think you know, I'll go ahead and this. Oh, no, see, I was going to say that I might actually. So here's my thoughts. So we've, we've talked about it on the podcast before, and I think everybody knows Trump supporters, if they are nothing else, they loyal. Like they ride for Trump harder than anyone has ever ridden for anybody else. So I think that that isn't going to stop when he's not president. So I think he's just go, he just has this huge following now that they're just going to follow him literally to the ends of the earth. So I still think his Twitter is just going to be popping the same way it was. Matter of fact, it might actually be worse now because he might have just been holding back because he was ready. <laughs> he might just like go completely off the rails now. So like that's that's horrifying, the thought of that. But yeah, so I don't think he's going to slow down at all. Like I think, you know, whatever restraint he did have, which I don't know, I think he done lost it now because he's just like, okay, well, you can't impeach me because I only got two months left. Like, you can't fire me, so I may as well just go off. Hey, I can literally, all I think of in my head is, like, Biden putting out his first tweet or whatever and Trump quoting it and being like, he's lying. Like, and, then, <laughs> and he just, like, continues to troll it. Yeah, Darius, that's actually a very good point. You actually have, like, really, you can take the, uh, the gloves off completely now. And also, I was also going to say, I know people were watching the news before, but all uh, even with COVID-19, I feel like the news station, just because everybody's trying to stay updated on what's going on, you know, the older people a lot of times are watching WIS, just as well as anybody else's too. So between COVID and Trump, I would say they've definitely both been skyrocketing as far as the media coverage and people paying attention to what's going on on News 19, News 10, et cetera, et cetera. So once this comes down to a conclusion, hopefully Biden and his camp will be able to, obviously they won't be able to like fix it, Hopefully they'll be able to maybe hopefully come up with some ideas of some sort. It's like that will also cause the people watching the news probably to go down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to my parents the other day, but it really does feel like for me, at least, that I walked into studying what I studied in college at the perfect time. Like, Matt, you know how it is in the J school where it's uh, we see a lot of mass media theory, but we also have to take different classes or had to uh, take different classes where you're learning about the law, uh, media law, and all these different things. Um, and there, 
well, thinking about when I came in, which is 2016, when Trump got elected, there were literally uh, by the day things that would happen that we were studying in our uh, in our classes. Like, oh, what do we, what do you think about this? So seeing uh, real life examples of those things play out, and seeing how much a, of an effect that media plays into our everyday lives, I feel like there couldn't have been a better time for me to come in, starting off stu studying journalism, but then branching out to mass communications in general. Um, so yeah, super thankful uh, about these last four years in terms of being able to see what will definitely go down as one of the uh, most historic, um, whether it be famous or infamous, that's for history to decide, um, presidents, uh, presidential terms, and then what happened afterwards uh, this past weekend. Hey, it's been like you've been taking part in the best work study possible. Facts. <laughs> that is a fact. Um, oh, man. I, I feel like we have to talk a little bit more about Kamala, though. Big shout out to Kamala. First Black woman, or first woman as vice president and uh, half Black woman at that. So big shout out to uh, Kamala Harris and con uh, congratulations on that. Yeah, I'm sure Howard is super excited. Everybody's excited, but Howard University is going up as well as much as they can. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was giving you a second. <laughs> hey, it's like, okay, baby. <laughs> you got nothing? All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, but I think it will be big over the next four years with Joe Biden um, in office and Kamala as VP. Because honestly, I feel like it's pretty safe to say that Joe Biden might not be running for re-election uh, in four years. He is getting up there in age. So I feel like this next four years can be sort of a priming for Kamala Harris to be running for president, uh, maybe in four years, maybe a little bit after that. But it'll be interesting to see how much he plays um, plays a factor into everyday decisions that are going on and uh, some of the things that she really takes as her responsibility to make change happen. Yeah, I definitely want, if it's Kamala, I would, well, if it's Kamala in four years, depending on how the next four years go, I would be happy to see that. Not just because she's a woman, not just because she's black, but because she's just younger even mm -hmm. uh, than like presidents previously have been. Uh, Cause that's another thing that I'm personally like on board for is just like, no more 70 or 80 year old white men as president yes uh, please no more so yeah we got to get some young blood in there uh aoc one day speaking this to existence we're voting for her for president uh well that's just me i'm not gonna say we is in the podcast we is in me and people who think like me hey go ahead <laughs> No, I was saying we don't have a candidate that we we ride for specifically, but Adarius, AOC, you know. <laughs> I, I heard somebody say on Twitter that uh, if AOC runs, y'all ain't seen nothing. I'm going to be out here personally sending texts like the, the ones with Jamie Harrison. <laughs> and I thought that was absolutely hilarious. It seemed like a lot. She's already, I don't know if I want to call it a fan base or a following, but she already has a very large following now, so. Hopefully she continues to build up some steam and run, I guess, as looking for it years down the line. Yeah, she has a huge following. Uh, and it's so crazy to think how much social media plays a factor into the, the base that these politicians have. Because uh, AOC's from New York, 
I, I believe. So she, I'm pretty sure she has over a, hundred, a million followers uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And it's like, man, what were things like 20 years ago when there was no social media? And it's really just kind of word of mouth and, and television too. So I feel like social media has opened up a lot of different things, specifically in politics too. 10.1 million followers. Sheesh. I gave her way less than she had. <laughs> I was saying, yeah, that's crazy. I guess back in those days, you really were sitting around maybe the radio or um, the newspaper when it came in. And the journalism was so crucial at that point in time. Like, censorship is a thing now, just like it was back then. But uh, like journalism was so important. You cannot misread this. Like you cannot miswrite this article. Yeah. You need to be at what well, I guess you could kind of use it as a way of control if you do like kind of lean it towards one way or another because you know you're kind of controlling the mess. You're like the gatekeeper, I guess, essentially. But uh, yeah, hold it. You always hear people saying what, what would have been like if Malcolm X and Martin Luther had Twitter. Like how how would things have been different? Man, I, I wish I would definitely be their first follower for sure. <laughs> oh man, um, but yeah, a, a lot is changing. Um, so much has changed over this past year. Um, and hopefully this is a step in the right direction for the future of America. Um, it seems like uh, America is losing its foothold um, and maybe it's not losing, but maybe some of the cracks of our society and our democracy are really starting to show, but hopefully, hopefully um, this selection and the administration that is coming into office will be a step in the right direction for our country. Yeah, huh. only time will tell. Yes, and uh, maybe by 2024, Killer Mike and uh, Stacey Abrams will be ready to run for uh, for president as a tag team. You know, it's I funny that you say that because y'all know I listen to Killer Mike interviews nonstop. And uh, he said that he would look consider becoming a politician. I think he said once he has like $21 million or something like that. So therefore he can't be influenced. And I was like, that was so, because you had just been talking about in the group chat not too long ago, but yeah, I think that's the amount he said, like $21 million, so therefore he can't be influenced. And then he's done doing all his dumb, he says all the stuff him and uh, his wife enjoy. He said, then he'll uh, potentially run. So we'll love to see it. Yeah, like I was telling y'all before, shout out Killer Mike. He got some dope behind shirts, but them things cost $80 so the boy can't afford it. So if y'all want to donate to Dominate the Decade, Y'all make sure, or if y'all want to donate to Matt personally, that's cool too. I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> and we'll definitely go support uh, the man Killer Mike because we can't afford that. Our budget just don't run like that. Hey, 21 million is such a, a distinct number. Like, <laughs> where, do you, where do you get that from? Like, is that the price of what it costs to buy someone out? Like, I'm confused. Where do you get that number from? It was funny because the person who was interviewing was like, what about 20? He's like, nope, 20. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I said what I said. That's all I got, honestly. Um, I, I definitely, wait, last thing I do want to say, um, Andrew Yang uh, followed up the election with a very, very good uh, sum of what he feels like is the state of the nation. And I wanted to say that he was probably my favorite candidate throughout this whole thing. I really liked what he was talking about with uh, the future of, uh, of America and how everything's kind of slowly shifting to um, autonomy autonomy and some of these different things with uh these jobs being displaced so yeah i feel like andrew yang might be one to look at in the future um he just started his political career but we will see how that shapes out too in the future real quick josh you uh define autonomy so 
it's a lot of these things that are happening with um, jobs. So think about uh, the restaurant industry or fast food industry. Um, and this is something that I mention to you guys all the time. It's like every time I pull up to a, a drive through, it's like there's really no need for a person to be here anymore. So those are some of the things that are coming in uh, the next like 10 to 20 ish years. Um, I forgot the term for it exactly. Darius, do you know what I'm trying to reach for? Um, it's where these jobs are being displaced. And you can edit. Um, dang it. And I just had automation, it. automation, automation, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Automation, automation. Yeah. Instead of autonomy. Um, but yeah, it's some of these jobs being uh, taken out um, or truck drivers where there might be autonomous driving. Um, some of these different low skilled jobs that um, really a machine could do that's really coming in the next 10 to 20 years so what's the plan for these workers that are working these job jobs and they really do make up a, a large portion of our economy so there's definitely going to have to be something done in the next uh, five ish years to prevent um, all of these jobs being lost from American people so Andrew Yang was one of the only ones talking about that and uh, I like to look way further down the line than four years so the fact that he was speaking about that now is uh definitely was definitely on my radar so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the future in the wise words of kanye west live in the future visit the present <laughs> hey, hey yeah so we'll see what happens with that one but definitely says that's kind of right in line with the amazon effect thing and the, the worst thing you could have happened is it gets to that day and you and they it had been written out this that and third you just didn't read nothing about it and it gets to that day and now there's nothing to do i think but this is going to force people going back to skilled labor though like right now it's like there's a high need for skilled labor everybody's like yeah now nah, i'm going to get these degrees but at some point uh we're going to be like yo because as umar said it's like those jobs used to like put food on the table and at mm -hmm. some point it's like yo we're gonna have to learn these skills so we're gonna see what happens all right, fellas, but that, that's all we have for this week's edition of Dominate the Decade. Uh, we're out. Peace. Adios. Book of Revelation, chapter 7, verses 16 and 17. Yes, sir. They shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst anymore. Preach, preacher. For God shall wipe away. Yes, sir. Every tear from their eye. Yes, sir. Get ready for the revolution. Come on. Come on. What you say? Come on.